Well, hello, hello, and uh, welcome again to what is the third of our studies from the Bible about the return of Jesus Christ to this planet. We're trying to come to this subject with an open mind. We're trying to come to the Bible with no preconceived ideas, no theories, no timelines. We're trying to go back to the text to find out what it actually says. And so far we've seen that we are living in two ages. On the one hand, we are members of the United Kingdom because we live in this present current age, which is flawed by sin. But we also live in the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of God, which Jesus brought when he came and died and rose from the dead. So the ages, the old age and the new age, they overlap and we are living in that period of overlap. Last time we investigated the Old Testament, we found there are at least 50 pieces of the jigsaw puzzle about the Messiah who was prophesied to come. Sometimes it was obvious where to put the pieces. Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. Obviously, that belonged to Jesus' first coming. But other prophecies, for example, what about lions lying down with lambs? When is that going to happen? That didn't happen at Jesus' first coming. So where does that fit in the design of the future. I used the parable of the stage theatre as a backdrop to all of this. You remember at the front of the stage there's a warring couple who are arguing and having a domestic with one another but behind their backs at the back of the stage things are happening as well and intruders are getting into the room armed with a knife and with a gun and you're not quite sure whether to focus your attention on the front or on the back of the stage. And as we come to today's reading, we will see it's very much shaped front of stage and back of stage. You've all heard of this Sermon on the Mount, but you may not have heard of the Sermon on the Mount of Olives. It's recorded three times in three Gospels. Each of them adds different details. In Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, and Luke chapter 21. I'm going to be reading today from Luke chapter 21, but I'm going to try to synthesise the three accounts and make one whole picture of what Jesus had to say in these three chapters. Luke chapter 21, verse 5. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, The time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them, 
But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfilment of all that has been written. How dreadful it would be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That's just the first half of this chapter. We'll read the second half later. And mostly it's in the foreground. It's what is going to happen in the near future. Thirteen men are leaving the temple. And twelve of them turn to the other one, Jesus, and they remark upon its magnificence. It was magnificent. Herod the Great had begun building this temple in 19 BC, about 40 years earlier or more. He used about a thousand priests as stonemasons. And it wasn't finished until AD 64. So at the time of Jesus, it wasn't yet finished. It was still half made. One stone was 36 feet long and weighed 570 tonnes. It was twice the size of Solomon's temple and it was twice the size of the Acropolis in Athens. And there was a lot of gold in it. It was magnificent. And Jesus said, it's all coming down. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. These 13 men made their way to the Mount of Olives, which is a long ridge, 200 feet above the city. And Peter, James, John and Andrew asked Jesus, when? Tell us, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And they got more than they bargained for. The first half of this chapter, all three chapters, because it's in Matthew 24 and Mark chapter 13, all of these three chapters fall into two halves. And this first half here is front of stage. In the near future, there will be false messiahs, wars and rumours of wars, nations would fight one another. Such things must happen, he said, but the end is still to come. Earthquakes, famines, plagues, fearful events. Disciples will be arrested, flogged and put on trial. Family members will betray family members to death. The gospel will be preached everywhere and wickedness will get worse and the church will be hated. He warned the disciples, many of you will lose your love for God. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, he said. The disciples will be hated because of Jesus. And then Jerusalem would be surrounded by armies. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. And when the armies broke into Jerusalem, the abomination of desolation would appear. 
what the message calls the monster of desecration, or the Good News Bible calls the awful horror. So what then is this awful horror, this abomination of desolation? Well, Daniel was the first prophet to speak of it. He said his armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifices, and then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. And that had already been fulfilled. 168 years before Jesus, a Greek king called Antiochus Epiphanes attacked Jerusalem. He and his men stormed into the temple and they erected a pagan altar to the god Zeus in the Holy of Holies in God's temple. And there in the Holy of Holies they sacrificed pork, pig meat, to this idol. They ordered the Sabbath to be broken, to be desecrated, they abolished circumcisions and they murdered as many Jews as they could lay their hands upon. And Jesus is saying, it's all going to happen again. What happened 168 years ago, or BC, is going to be re repeated in your time. And when it does, you Christians, get out of the city, flee, leave it. Because I'm telling you in advance what is going to happen. Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now that's all in the foreground, that's all at the front of the stage. What actually happened? Well, according to the Jewish virtual history, the Jewish war began in 66 and went on until the year 70. In the year 66, the last governor of Judea, Florus, one of the successors to Pontius Pilate, Florus stole vast quantities of silver from the temple. The Jewish masses revolted. They went into riot and they wiped out the garrison of Roman soldiers in Jerusalem. And the Roman ruler in Syria sent an army. But the Jews, led by zealots, remember Jesus had a disciple called Simon the Zealot? So the Jews, led by zealots, routed the Romans and rejoice. God was obviously on their side, wasn't he? Hip, hip, hooray. Oh no, it wasn't quite that straightforward. There were terrible consequences to this revolt. The emperor Vespasian sent an army led by Titus to exact revenge. He came from the north. He went first to Galilee, where about 10,000 Jews were killed or sold into slavery. Then on to Jerusalem and his army surrounded the city. But by then the Christians had left. They remembered what Jesus had said. And as the city was being besieged, there was civil war amongst the Jews inside the besieged city. Indeed, some estimate that as many Jews killed Jews during this civil war as the Romans did once they'd got in. There was, when they did get in, in the summer of the year 70, the walls were breached, they got in, and there was an orgy of violence and destruction. The temple was destroyed, and it's estimated that during the four years of that revolt, a million Jews were killed. And total, there was total loss of Jewish political authority in Israel from that year, AD 70, right up until 1948. The abomination of desolation. Roman soldiers went into the Holy of Holies, the, the meeting place of God, 
on earth with people. They exposed themselves in there. They went to the toilet in there and they took their eagles in. These eagles were Roman gods. And then the soldiers melted down all the gold they could find and the gold flowed into the cracks between the stones. And that's why the soldiers broke up the stones in order to get to the gold. Didn't Jesus say not one stone will be left standing upon another? We know these events as the Jewish revolt. And they were over by AD 70. The temple had been violated and destroyed. Jerusalem was in ruins. And the holy city was occupied by Gentiles until 1948. There was another revolt in AD 130. A further revolt led by another false messiah. Which led to another defeat and another genocide of every Jew who could be found. Anybody who seemed to be at all Jewish was executed. Even the name Judea was abolished. Nobody could say that word. The Romans renamed the place Syria Palestrina. But leading up to that Jewish catastrophe in AD 70, there were false prophets. There were false miracles. There were false messiahs. There were wars and rumours of wars. There were earthquakes and famines and plagues. There were arrests, court appearances and persecutions. And there was the abomination of desolation in the temple, just as Jesus had said would happen. But the Christians had fled, as he had told them to do, when the city was about to be surrounded by armies. And all that is in the foreground. All that is relating to the 40 years that would follow after the death and resurrection of Jesus. But they're a sort of foreshadowing what was going to happen at the end of time. So let's read now the second half of the Sermon on the Mount of Olives, Luke 21, verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly, like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. The domestic argument going on at the front of the stage is being replicated at the back of the stage towards the end of time. The fall of Jerusalem and the demolition of the temple prefigured what was going to happen later. The nearer events foreshadowed the later events. Jesus speaks of cosmic disasters and so did the book of Revelation. Let me read to you from chapter 6. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. 
there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone, slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Now how to understand these events we'll come to at a later stage. But here Jesus is telling us there are going to be cosmic disasters taking place. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken, he said, earth-shattering events. And then the Son of Man will be seen coming in a cloud with power and glory and angels and a loud trumpet call. And there are two reactions. One reaction is recalled by Matthew. And it's the reaction of the unbelievers. It's also in that reading in Revelation. All the nations of the world will mourn. Luke records a different reaction. A reaction for believers. Lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And then the angels will gather God's chosen together. But no one knows when this will happen. Like Noah's flood... They knew it was coming, they'd been warned, but they didn't know when. The Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And then the Sermon on the Mount of Olives ends with three parables. And all three of them are in Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 24. The parable of the fig tree. When you see fig trees in leaf, you know summer is coming. When you see daffodils coming up in the garden, you know that better weather's on the way. These signs I'm telling you about are telling you that the very end is near. And the generation that sees these things happening won't pass away. They will live to see the Lord return. And then there's the parable of the burglar. If you'd known when the burglar was coming, you'd have got ready. You'd been prepared. You would have been ready. You don't know when Jesus is returning. So be ready all the time. And then he tells the parable of the reliable servant. He says, if a lord goes away and leaves his property in the hands of a steward, he expects that steward to behave and not to misbehave. If the Duke of Devonshire went away from Chatsworth House and left his butler in charge, he wouldn't expect the butler to drink his, uh, his, his wine cellar dry and bully the male servants and sexually molest the female servants. He would expect the butler to maintain law and order and expect the butler to look after the premises until the duke returned. And so this parable is saying, while the cat's away, the mice will play. But don't. While the Lord is away, serve. While the Lord is away, work hard for his kingdom. While the Lord is away, love your neighbour and love the Lord. In Luke's account, be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Be ready for the Lord's return at any time. 
So in these three chapters, Matthew 24, Mark 13 and Luke 21, we've seen a foreground and a background, front of stage and back of stage. At the front of stage, we saw the Holocaust that was going to happen within 40 years of Easter, the first Easter. By the year AD 70, Jerusalem will be ruined, the temple will be destroyed, and abominable things, the abomination of desolation, would take place in the Holy of Holies. But in the background, it's a foreshadowing of what it will be like before our Lord's return and the troubles that will precede it. Something dreadful was going to happen to Jerusalem, to the temple and to the Jews, and it did in AD 70. But something equally dramatic, something even dreadful, is going to happen to the earth, to the universe and to the human race just before and when Jesus returns. Therefore, be good butlers. Therefore, look after Christ's kingdom on earth. Therefore, live godly and holy lives. Therefore, spread the gospel while you can. And therefore, live every day as if it were your last, because you do not know when the Lord will return. Jesus said, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Next time, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Walk on, walk on, whoa! Thank you.